Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Caitlin Menza. And I'm Lisa Ryan. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. We're in there all the time now. <laughs> we are. Um, subscribe to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. Reviews are very important, not just to our egos, but for our ranking in Apple Podcasts. <laughs> yes. So that's, please help us. <laughs> that's why we ask for that. Um, and you can send us an email at info at gallerypodcasts.com. Um, and this week, we have a very special episode. We're doing a deep dive on fashion from the Royal Tour. And we're recording a couple of days early because no big deal. Lisa's going to Rwanda. It's very far. <laughs> it's very far. She's going on a UN press fellowship. And we are very proud of her. Thanks. <laughs> so we're recording a couple of days early. And we are joined by the Fug Girls, who you guys know we adore. We are truly obsessed with them. Yes. Like heroes love them so much. Yeah. And they're going to help us unpack all, all of our feelings about Meghan Markle. Um, but we do. And we'll go su- through some quick news so that we can focus on all fashion. But first, our refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Yes. Our royal refreshment is uh, Prince William's favorite brand of beer. Oh, yeah. Stella Artois. But it's not beer. It's their cider that they make. Yes. And it's delicious it tastes like cider it tastes like cider but it's it's quite drinkable almost problematically so and it's currently pouring in new york and so like our shoes are soaking wet like there's nothing better than just having a cider when you've given up yeah (laughs) it's beautiful um and we have uh, a reader email lisa would you like to take that away yes and so as we said we're going to go through things a little bit quickly so that we can get right to the fug girls and we can't wait to talk to them so we got an email from candace and she said that she just started listening to us after a Friend recommended her. But thank what, you, friend. Yes, thanks, friend. Keep listening. But what I think is so cool is that Candace says that she is going to London for a birthday trip for herself by herself. Love it. I think that's so great. I think solo travel is so cool. So she writes, I am so excited and plan to visit every royal palace, estate, park, or landmark. It was your podcast that informed me that Harry and Meghan's wedding attire being on display at Windsor. Added bonus. I'm sure I can f- probably send you pics if you're interested. I don't know why you wouldn't be. Well, we are. Uh, yeah, we are extremely interested. <laughs> uh, you can send it via email, of course, and you already have our email address, and then like Instagram. All everything. the ways. Like, All we, the ways. We're just going to like print them out, no big deal. <laughs> and uh, she gives us a real refreshment idea as well. She writes, my favorite refreshing cocktail grapefruit vodka and seltzer water give it a go we will give it a go because also as we've mentioned many times all we have as mixers is a <laughs> seltzer machine we have a seltzer machine down the hall so all we have to do now is get the grapefruit vodka maybe yeah. next week that's why often we're just drinking whatever alcohol with some seltzer you know it's we're very prepared um so that is so fun thank you so much candace and have the best time on your trip and happy birthday happy birthday I love that um and now we have this week in royal history and now This week in royal history. November 16th, 2010 is when Prince William and Catherine Middleton announced their engagement. 
can't believe it's so long ago. Eight years ago. And I remember so well them being trotted out in front of the cameras and her like awkwardly holding out her hand. Yes. Um, but the best part of the whole thing, of course, is the BBC interview. Yes. And it's something that I regularly watch on YouTube. <laughs> and so great. I highly re- recommend everybody watch it this week yeah. in honor of this very important day. Yeah. It's so weird even hear Kate Middleton's voice. So there's something just really special about that alone. I don't and know. Because I feel like usually when we hear her, she's either talking to a child or she's giving a speech and it's something that's already planned out. And yeah. so this is like a rare occasion where she's just completely kind of uncensored and also very nervous because she's not used yeah. to it. And it's just so refreshing. But they're so happy. So that's always yes, really it's nice. it's so adorable. And we were looking back at the original reports um, and I forgot how sassy they like everybody was about this engagement. Like as we've complained in the past about the weighty Katie thing, like this family didn't help. So when they announced their engagement, Prince Charles was at an event and he said that he was thrilled. Obviously they've been practicing long enough. It makes me feel very old. And then the queen at an event that week said, it's brilliant news. It has taken them a very long time. (laughs) Imagine a 90 something year old lady or she was in her late eighties then being like, took you long enough to propose. Wow, a lot of pressure on that guy. I don't know. I feel like my grandparents would say that like to literally anybody, though. I mean, if I were dating somebody for eight years, maybe. But alas, that has not come to pass for me. So no one's <laughs> pressuring me. Anyway, um, happy eight. <laughs> just, it's true. Happy eight year anniversary of your engagement. You two crazy kids. Um, show me that. Prince Louis, please. Oh my God. Finally, we had a (laughs) sighting. So it's funny because last week we were talking about this Vanity Fair article and then all these other press things have been coming out lately where Prince Charles has kind of been shading his sons and which I hate. Yeah. And we hate that. And we're like, just have him like play with one of his grandchildren. That's all we need. And that's immediately what we got in the BBC documentary about his birthday. Yes. um, Which is quite a funny documentary. I watched it pirated (laughs) on YouTube (laughs) on YouTube which uh, we only got because somebody in the Facebook group shared it so I'm so glad we're all on we're all in this together yes like we support you BBC but like it, I couldn't play the player in no. the U.S. It said it's only for the U.K. Anyway, so I watched it and, it, you know, there's like, of course, glimpses of um, Charles working on a farm and, you know, uh, playing with his dog with Camilla. But then towards the end, we finally get a glimpse of little Prince Louis, who we haven't seen no. since the christening, I believe. Since the christening. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And so this picture pops up and it's taken by Chris Jackson, the of official course. Getty royal photographer. And it's of... Kate Middleton holding Prince Louis. You can't even really see his face. You see his cheeks, but you don't see his face. And he has his little hand out, and Prince Charles is holding his hand. And Prince Charles, I don't think he's ever looked like so so cute. Happy, doting, (laughs) adorable. It's such a gorgeous picture. But what's notable, aside from the beautiful little baby boy who I think has brown hair. Yeah. He's got very pronounced eyebrows. Yeah. Which I appreciate as a dark haired person. (laughs) I think Kate Middleton holding him. She just looks so freaking gorgeous. She, yeah, I mean, the focus should be the baby or the heir to the crown. But really, I'm looking at Kate Middleton because she looks resplendent. Her hair is like blown out gorgeously. She's wearing a polka dot dress, which I love a polka dot dress. Like she just looks like goddess, like goddess mother. I don't know. I I just think it's actually just such a striking photo of her. Um, And that like light is dappled golden on the three of them. (laughs) It's just it's an unbelievably gorgeous photo. And I'm so glad they released it. And I'm just saying in last week's episode with Michelle Ruiz, I said if Charles is so hell bent on being likable. Just take a photo with your grandkids. And 
Can I just 24 hours later? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I think mm-hmm. he listens to Royally Obsessed. He definitely does. Thank you for listening. I hope you subscribe and leave us a five star <laughs> review on Apple Podcasts. You can be a guest too if you'd like. I um, guess that's allowed. Um, so it's so fun, and I hope this just means we get more Prince Louis. We're like a month away ish from Christmas, and so help me. A oh Christmas my God! Month. I know. <laughs> Sorry. You're running out of shopping days. Um, but I hope that we get a Christmas card or just something else from Louis because he's very elusive, as discussed. He's quite elusive. Quite elusive. Um, and now we have our beloved Fug Girls here. Uh, Heather hey. Cox and Jessica Morgan are here to chat with us all about Royals fashion. Thank you guys so much for being here. Always happy. Gosh, thank you guys so much for having us back. Yes, of course. Of course. We're so excited. And Especially because of the first thing we want to ask you about, because I feel like you guys are the absolute perfect people to talk to about this. So before we go into anything else, we need to ask you about Kate Middleton's decision to rewear that iconic Jenny Packham dress. So like, how do you guys feel about it? Very excited. I literally (laughs) was like trolling through Twitter looking for like election updates. And when I saw the pic, I did gasp and like clutch at my breast with joy. (laughs) I was very excited. I had been thinking last week, I wonder if Kate is ever going to wear that Jenny Packham dress again. And she did. So I'm taking credit for this. Um, I, it was all me. I incepted this into being. But it was very exciting. I think it was, uh, we needed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my all-time favorite dresses. But I was surprised that she basically styled it the exact same way. She had different yes. hair. But I think the same clutch and shoes. Yes. Same clutch and same shoes. I would I went back and I read the first post I wrote about it when she wore it the first time. And I said the exact same thing that I thought when I saw it the second time. So I was like, well, at least I'm a I'm a consistent person with my feelings. <laughs> yes. um, and it was that I feel like the matchy clutch is too matchy. It is very matchy. Um, and I would have gone for like a gunmetal gray. But oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I also would have changed out the shoes this time, maybe. But like, I feel like I like the idea that Kate's closet is all set up with like, this is exactly how I wore it. And this is exactly yeah. how I wore this. And like, she just like scrolls through it like share uh (laughs) yes exactly last time let's wear the exactly over again yeah i kind of think of it like melly grant in scandal where like all the outfits are just kind of um organized and there's like notes on it saying like when you wore it totally with polaroids and stuff of like exactly when and where and what she styled it with the first time and shots of the back of her hair like you would see on like tv costuming racks where they have to know for continuity. Absolutely. Yes. Probably more accurate than we would like to, than we believe. Yeah, I think it probably you... is very accurate. I'm sure someone's keeping track of that. Oh, of course. I wish that were my job, actually. <laughs> well, I was going to say, so what did you think about, she rewears a lot, and since she came back from maternity leave, she has, uh, except for that Airdem dress, she's reworn a lot. So what do you think is behind this particular decision? Because this is a very memorable, this was a very memorable dress. So do you think it was to get press? Do you think the press just happened to be in that? Like, what do you think she was going for? I think they all know they're going to get press no matter what they do. So I think that yeah. I think we can take that off the table. I think, you know, you can read it a couple different ways. You could read it that, um, you know, Meghan and Harry just came off this huge royal tour with her enormous wardrobe and that maybe Kensington Palace was like, let's go with a rewear just to sort of balance out the sheer amount of outfits that Meghan had to pull out on tour. Um, I don't know if I think yeah. that's true, but that's one way that you could look at it. I think um, you could also just say that she's coming back from maternity leave and she's kind of inching back in slowly. And maybe that dress is a comfort zone for her. You know, maybe she looks, I think she looks 
exactly the same as she's always looked. But for all we know, maybe she feels a little funky or she's not still not totally sure how she looks, how she feels coming back. And so maybe she just wanted to wear something that is um, like a happy place for her. I think that's probably probably more like what it is that that's that sometimes you just need to wear. It's like your most comfortable pair of shoes, but writ extremely formal and gorgeous teal <laughs> exactly. I mean, that, if I had that available in my closet to be my comfort zone I might wear it all the time also um but I I, I wonder if that's a little bit more of it is that she just sort of wants to um to be in safe territory as she steps a toe back out there Okay, excellent. Um, So we're going to go into Megan now, because of course, that's why we have you here. Um, So the tour is over. And I want to start with just asking how you think she handled the tour overall, especially, of course, considering, I mean, this is her, I don't even want to say first big outing. She's had so many of those, but this was obviously a major moment for her. And then we find out our one that she's pregnant on top of it. So how do you think she handled it overall? I mean, my feeling is overall, I think the tour was probably a huge success. Um, We've heard from our British readers that the British press was pretty stoked about it. Um, Considering how ambitious it was, I think it was particularly successful from that standpoint. I think they bit off a lot. Um, I think that it is good that at certain points she kind of took a step back because I, I I don't think their schedule was realistic at all. Um, I've always thought there's always a moment on all of these tours where you're like, uh, this tour is too long. And I had that moment on this one as well. I felt it was really Kate. I felt it here as well. Like, I understand you want to get the bang for your buck if you're going all the way to that side of the world. It's a lengthy trip. But 17 days of a royal tour is too many days of a royal tour. I think it is out of control. Um, And I think they had to be thinking, oh, my God, this is out of control at a certain point. Um, I think... You know, we had some notes about her wardrobe in general, um, but I think as an overall look at it, I don't think you can say it was anything other than a success. Like, I think they got huge crowds. I think people reacted to them very positively. Um, I'm sure the palace is happy. I think it was a it was a lot. It was a big ask for both of them uh, for the first tour that they ever did. You know, my, my thought, too, was that when they first announced she was pregnant, I thought, uh-oh, you know, well, what, what, a, what bummer timing. Um, that's just going to make mm-hmm. things really hard for her. And I'm sure that feeling was there. But I, in the end, looking back at it, I actually, in a weird way, think that that was very fortunate for them because her being pregnant, yes, it made some of the wardrobe stuff more difficult, but it also made people so much more forgiving of a lot of it. So for your first royal yeah, tour out of the gate, true. when you're just kind of learning this, and we don't we don't know if Jessica Moroni is still styling her, maybe, but um, whoever it is, this is, this is their first time doing something like this. And... So it has to be sort of nice to be able to be like, well, she was pregnant. What can you do if that dress didn't fit that well? You know what I mean? Like it's it's almost like a it, yeah. it gave her a little bit of a pass that I don't think she was looking for, but that I think probably didn't hurt. Yeah. Well, what were your absolute favorite looks from the tour? I think I had two. I think my like fancy favorite was the Oscar de la Renta gown. Yeah. Um, yes. And in, on that evening, I actually sort of think Harry is the one who bungled it. I actually think Harry looked kind of like a mess this whole tour, if I'm being totally what? honest. Yes. <laughs> yes. He looked very dis- more disheveled than we're used to seeing him look. And I thought when they showed up, she looks amazing. And he was just kind of wearing like his normal boring old blue suit. Like, why don't you step it up with your lady, dude? Um <laughs> I also thought Harry looked kind of crabby at the end of the tour. I don't know. I think Carrie had a harder time with it than Megan did. Megan's like a professional. She's even yeah. if she's tired, she's going to put on a happy face. 
Um, but I thought she looked spectacular in that. And I kind of wish he had brought it to her level. Um, and then I loved the blue. Um, I'm just going to blank out on who did it. The blue shirt dress she wore. I'm looking at oh, it right now. I don't now. remember who Veronica Beard. That's the one. Veronica, Veronica Beard, Beard. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, it's a lady's name. It's two words. What is it? Come on. I Veronica only remember Beard. because we did a So Many Thoughts for Elizabeth yeah. Holmes on that one. Oh, yeah, right. there that's you go. Right. only reason yes. I remember. Yes. I love that one. That was that one sort of fell in the category for me of that, ooh, I kind of mm. want to buy this, which right. is always kind of actually my own favorite royal genre. Yes. Like the, ooh, I think I, yeah. I might buy this, um, which obviously I'm not going to, I can't afford an Oscar de la Renta gown, <laughs> but I could maybe afford a, like a blue shirt dress. Yeah. Like you can actually apply it to your life. I sort of liked the, um, I'm a little bit alone in this, I think, but I, I didn't mind the more casual looks where, you know, on the second day she had the Serena Williams blazer and the jeans and the boots. I liked oh, that I like look that on blazer. her and she did mm-hmm. a similar one later where she was wearing the uh, Club Monaco Card, it was like a taupe. I thought it was a cardigan, but I guess it's a coat um, with the black jeans and the boots. Mm-hmm. I just thought she looked really chic and comfortable in that. This is going to sound really dopey, but she almost looked kind of French. <laughs> like that's, that's yeah. what I imagine yeah, all sure. these like fabulous French ladies are like shuffling around and on the way to the dry cleaner. Um, I, I thought that look suited her well and she seemed at ease in it. And I think that approach eliminated a lot of the fussy nitpicky fit stuff that was unavoidable given that her body was changing at a pace that she couldn't expect. Um, I liked the, I thought the green, I think it was Jason Wu dress that she wore on the way. Oh, yeah, I loved that, that dress. That's that dress. And then the, she wore a Roxanda that was really cute. It was the two-tone blue. And I have to say, Ooh, I really liked too. the Givenchy separate she wore on the penult- on the last day. And that was the one that was like super dramatic because everyone said, oh, it's sheer. You can see her underwear through the skirt. And I still am not convinced that you could. I still think it's a combination of the fabric and where the pleats were coming in. And if you if that had been taken off the table completely, I think those separates would have been a screaming success. And the fact that, you know, now there's this question mark about whether it was sheer or whether it wasn't is a bummer because I thought that was um, I really liked that skirt, man. That was a good skirt with the two tone pleats. Yeah. Um, I was just going to agree with Heather that I think she does jeans and blazer looks very well. And as a um, California lady, as she is, I I sort of like, I feel like she feels very comfortable in that. It's very much like a a chic Los Angelino look as well, like the cute jeans and a blazer and some booties. Like that's, it feels like very much something that she is comfortable in and has worn a lot of, and she does it very, very well. And I also, again, want to shop for myself. And I'm like, oh, that Serena Williams blazer is cute. I do not need another blazer. I have like four clad blazers. <laughs> I'm glad that one sold out because <laughs> it was not that expensive either in the scheme of things. And that would have been an easy impulse purchase to make, but it sold out before I could even think about it. So thank you. Thank you, no, Internet. But yeah, almost everything that was more affordable sold out immediately. The yeah. J. Crew booties and everything was going, going, gone. Um, but you brought up the uh, the sort of wardrobe malfunction of the Givenchy skirt, and I want to do quickly and then move on that and the tag, the dress with the tag. So, I mean, you guys obviously have been covering royal fashion. You know how rare it is to have these kind of missteps. So Very do you rare. think, I mean, can we pin it all on Jessica Mulroney as she walks out the door? <laughs> um, or what do you think is happening there? Do you think it was just because it was so many clothes yes. over so many engagements, like who does that fall to? One of my theories is, okay, so when Kate travels, Natasha Archer is sort of like in charge of her wardrobe and keeping all that together from what I understand. Mm-hmm. If Jessica Mulroney is the person who's kind of doing part of that gig for Megan, she wasn't with her. So right. she 
did not have the stylist in the room to be like, oh my God, your tag, or like, we should look at this in the sun. And I wonder if whoever was in charge of the clothing made like a very, I'm sure, extremely like detailed memo, but wasn't in the room to do like the final checks. Mm -hmm. And like, if, if an intern or something is in charge of that, it's a long trip. They're someone's, it's like people screw up. It's not the end of the world. But I do wonder if they suffered a little bit from not having maybe the person who was like very in charge of the clothing doing the final Yeah, I think check. it's possible that they just yeah. think, didn't deputize everybody as thoroughly. Like I'm sure whoever that – I'm sure it was like an assistant or an intern or whatever who probably didn't even think to look for tags on some of these clothes. Yeah, um, exactly. And maybe not yeah. – maybe also lost track of what was bespoke and what wasn't. Um, maybe that – you know, there is also this question like – you know, is she going to wear it and return it? I don't know. Um, maybe they kept the tag on the dress for that purpose and had had it pinned up inside the skirt hire and something came loose and it fell down in the wind. Um, so maybe that yeah. was it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it, it is surprising that nobody's eyeballs caught that, but I will say that I, in most of those pictures, you can't see it. It's just that one, I think there was one stretch of carpet she was walking on where the skirt got caught in the wind and the tag came out and all the other pictures I was looking to see like, is it still there? Can you still see it? Yeah, and I, I didn't see it. It was sort of hard to find. So I'm not that surprised no one saw it from that perspective. Um, I am maybe surprised that nobody was in charge of double checking. But again, like if you're someone's personal assistant, yeah, and she's got this wardrobe full of designer, like you're just not going to expect to see tags on any of that stuff. Are, were there any other missteps that struck you? For me, like when I think back on the tour, what bothered me was the sort of sameness of a lot of the mm-hmm. things. Like, Yes, I love a blazer, but we had like six blazers or we had multiple trench coats with white dresses or all those mm-hmm. tuxedo things really bothered me. I'm sorry. I just too much. The two outfits with white dresses and neut- like neutral colored trench coats over them not being the exact same outfit was really strange to me. Um, and I know that you can yeah. argue changing body or whatever, but I, I don't know that her body changed that much that she couldn't have fit into the, I just, I just don't know why you plan for two outfits that are almost identical. Like, well, you yeah. don't need two or, trench yeah, coats. At the very least. Yes. Even yeah. if you get super pregnant. Yeah. At the very least bring one yes. trench coat. Like I, it just, it was, and it, I, I was sort of like, yeah. did she send home half of her luggage and ship in a new one? But from a planning standpoint, I just think that's they. None of this was done on the fly. She had no time to be doing wardrobe fittings and going shopping and picking up extra pieces. So they must have had that on the chart. And I don't know why. I thought that was a little strange. And I thought I just think in general, her stuff, particularly in the top, doesn't tend to fit very well. And so she had a lot of stuff that didn't yeah. fit great, didn't look that great in motion. Um, and but that's I can't really blame that on pregnancy because that happens a lot with her, unfortunately. Yeah. And also, why do you think that is? Because I remember when we talked to you last time, um, you talked about meeting her like years ago. And she mentioned the fact that like having a tailor is like the key to dressing well. And now she seems to suffer from like ill-fitted clothes every now and then or maybe quite often. I don't know. And I think about that a lot. That was like the one that we had a whole discussion about it. She literally said to me, the key to everything is tailoring. And I think that is accurate. Um, I don't know. It is sort of a mystery. I think it's possible that however she is wearing her clothing, it feels right. Mm-hmm. But maybe I, you know what? I just, I don't know you guys. Like, I think I can't help but think that they're, they have to be looking at these photos with a fine tooth comb now to kind of like debrief this tour. So I'm going to be interested to see like how this all shakes out in the next 
Yeah, like do we think she comes out this weekend yeah, wearing navy yeah. blue? Um, it is it is Remembrance right. Day stuff, and that's a very somber <laughs> color. So she very well might. Um, but that's you know, true. for her next thing that is not sad. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, when we talked to her, she was at a very different point in her life. Do you, is it even plausible that maybe you're more apt to tailor stuff yourself if you bought it from like Bowdoin than if it was sent to you by Dion Lee? Like, are you? more likely to just sort of be like, I'm sure the designer has it right and not adjust it. Whereas if you bought right. like a shirt right. dress for, on sale on Bowdoin, you're like, well, that was cheap. So I can use some of the extra cash I saved to go get it, like taken in a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I really don't know what it is. Um, or if it's that they're not getting stuff yeah. in time to tailor, it seems impossible, but you never know. It is, it's very strange. And it, I, I don't, I, I wish I knew the answer. And I know people get, people got really mad at me because I kept when, on the days I was covering, I seemed to get a run of things that didn't fit. And people were like, we're too tired of hearing you say the words fit issues. And I was like, me too, though. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I would love to not be making that complaint anymore. I am sick of me also. I mean, as long as we live, I will, the wedding, her wedding dresses fit will bother me. Like I, you know, I hate saying that. And I know our listeners like don't like any negativity, but I was going to say, I'm sure you have heard about that complaint from your listeners. They don't like negativity. I just can't help it. Like the dress does, that dress didn't fit. And I think a lot of midsummer on, we can chalk up to maybe she, like, of course she knew she was pregnant and started to feel awkward within her body. Something I obviously cannot relate to because I've never (laughs) been pregnant. And maybe that is why a lot of things didn't fit, but it hasn't been just like July or August on. It's been all, as long as we've known her, it's been an issue. I mean, I think, I think it's good that people want to give anybody kind of like a break because like everybody goes outside sometimes and then they like look down and realize oh my god this top doesn't fit me um my feeling is my theory is someone whoever is in charge of this is not great at their job and people have also gotten mad at us for saying that about jessica mulroney it may not be jessica mulroney i think it is jessica mulroney (laughs) but maybe it's not um but regardless i i am concerned that there isn't someone on her staff who is dedicated to making sure that everything is perfect. It's not her job to make sure everything is perfect. This needs to be farmed out. Like yeah. you have somebody to do this. Celebrities have somebody to do this. Like Kate has somebody to do it. The queen has somebody to do it. Like you need somebody on top of this. Yeah. Um, and I, whoever that is, I think needs to maybe take this downtime to think about <laughs> it. And also like, I'm sure it's hard well, to actually, say no to some of this stuff too. Like, this is kind of writ large of, course. of um, the experience that I, again, I can't relate to, but I can imagine like when you first become famous enough to, to command these kinds of designer clothes, um, you can get a little seduced by the tags. And I'm not necessarily saying that's happening to her. And I, she's not like she was like some Yahoo from the sticks before or whatever, but um, obviously whatever clothes she was wearing before were not on this level of just consistent, expensive couture bespoke yeah. stuff. And maybe you just kind of lose your ability to step back and be like, oh my God, I know, but like, I'm so sorry, you guys, it still doesn't look very good. Like maybe, I, I don't know. You know, it, it might just become increasingly difficult to to see some of that stuff because you're surrounded, you have access to so much that you never imagined you would. Do you know what I mean? Like you get a little seduced by it. And I also think, I was just going to say, I think it's important to remember that like Kate and William were together for like years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And so Kate sort of, got to slide into this hot water yeah and Megan and Harry have not like they haven't really even been together that long so like 
she ha- she got pushed into the hot water. Yeah. Somebody she like left into the hot water. So she the learning this is a big learning curve for any person, even an actress who's used to being in the public eye or um, you know who obviously is beautiful and and like a sample size, easy to fit. Like I, Kate really did have the benefit of kind of like really easing into this, and mm-hmm. I think that applies to everything. You know, you look at Kate's public appearances when she was William's girlfriend, and obviously she didn't have the um, the backing of the crown or whatever. But like, she had plenty of money and lots of time to figure out what to wear. She she looked crazy back in the day. So, <laughs> you know, I think it takes time, and I think it is kind of unfair. And I do it too, though. But unfair to like compare Megan's first few months as a duchess to Kate's because Kate really had a lot more experience with this life before she was actually married to him. Mm, yeah. Those Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, I always I also I give Kate some credit cuz it was the mid-aughts and that was a disgusting awful oh, yes. time. Oh, yeah. We all looked terrible in like 19 in like 2007. Please, She's like in everybody so did. many wide belts when you look back and like, at Kate Uggs, photos. Yeah. So many Uggs. Shiny going going out tops, so many going out tops. And like peasanty, well more so Chelsea Davy, but like peasant skirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a time. Memories. What a well, time. What do you think yeah. Megan is trying to tell us with her style? Like what narrative is she telling us so far? Gosh, I don't know. I think this is a topic right? of much conversation. I don't know so much if there is yeah. a narrative yet. I think I think some of it is that she's very clearly, I think she might be saying this is, I'm not going to change too much of who I naturally am. Um, because she does, you know, as much as we can tell what her style is, because we didn't know much of it before, this does feel sort of like, um, this, this, these have all felt very in common with each other. Like nothing she wore on the tour felt like, what the, um, where did that come from? You know, I think... Right. Um, for the most part, it felt like it was in keeping with the stuff that she'd worn when she was first stepping out with Harry. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I honestly wonder if some of it is that they're they're both all of them want to create a separate identity from what Kate already did. Um, and some of that is because Kate's role is very different. And who knows if Kate even loves what the stuff that Kate had to wear. But she was going to be she's right. married to the heir. So she kind of has to uphold a certain image. I don't know. I don't know. So that might be why sometimes she trends toward the stuffier. And I think Megan doesn't have to do that. Um, so she is, and she's coming at this from, she was a career woman. And um, I think she gets, a, she has a little bit more of that like um, posh professional lady um, a, a yeah. vibe to some of her clothes. And so that maybe that's part of it too, is that she wants to sort of differentiate herself in that way because she doesn't have to, she can be a little looser and freer with that stuff than Kate can. I don't know. Then, of course, you look at Queen Letizia yeah. in Spain, who looks like a posh professor lady all the time, and she's queen, so that just fl- that just shits all over my argument right there. So I- <laughs> <laughs> I no That's It's true. a different country, um, Heather. Yeah. Well, she's like a little bit older, Letizia, I feel like. So yeah. she, she brings yeah. more of a grand dame. I'm so glad you mentioned her because she, and I only know this from your site, she, I think, is who I wish both Megan and Kate could be in terms of their style. She takes more risks. She's like a little more fun. I don't know. I feel like she dresses like the the deputy district attorney. <laughs> I kind of like all the pieces. But she does she has a lot of really now, good pieces. But like, yeah, she does. And I think over the last five, I only know this because I put together like a big old retrospective of her. Over the last five years, she's gotten a lot fashionier. Yeah, in like a, a professional lady way that I really appreciate. But if you look at her earlier stuff, there's a lot of like, um, like trousers that sort of look like. Um, 
those uh, pants at the limited, yes. uh, the editor, the editor pants, pants that everybody yes. owned. Yes. And you're like, she was, she did used to be a, like a newscaster yeah. and you can really see that in her early fashion. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you that I think she has really branched out lately. Like she's got this crazy leather culottes <laughs> she wears. I die for Kate to go out in leather culottes. Uh. Like, Please God, this is what we <laughs> like, need. What in a world it would. I do think like Megan is going to be the pantsuit duchess, and I kind of wish Kate, yeah, could do that a little bit too. But I, for whatever reason, she hasn't and doesn't. And um, yeah. I think that, I think that would have been kind of cool. But so I think so. Yeah, I think Megan might be trying to be like I'm a bit like she's coming at it from I'm a, I was a professional lady and I'm a I'm known as a feminist and um, we're going to kind of do things that way. Um, I think that's very much yeah the image that she and Harry are going to carve out for her. And I think the speeches that she gave while they were overseas are all tied up in that. Yeah. Oh, that's, we spent a lot of time talking about that. Cause I still can't, I can't believe that Megan is doing those kinds of events. And right off yeah. of that is incredible. I mean, I love it. We right? love it. Yes, we love it. Yeah. Um, so our last question is about, um, is also forward thinking about her maternity style. So what do you anticipate over the next five or so months or what do you what would you like to see and what do you anticipate from her maternity style i have a prediction (laughs) and it is it is capes i think she loves a cape she wears that stella mccartney cape dress a lot uh you know the navy blue one that's got the cape connected um i think we're gonna see a lot of like sort of sack shaped dresses that have a cape for interest i really (laughs) just watch i think we're gonna get a lot of capes i don't know why but i just feel like she's gonna be a cape a caped pregnant lady and it's winter yeah so the cape is gonna be comfortable for her and warm um i'm excited for the capes excellent i think you're right and i think we're gonna get a lot of um belted stuff like by which i mean the coats the robe coats that have the tie belt or some of those the shirt dresses or the stripy sundress that belt so that she can belt it over the bump um because I think, I think the bump is going to be. I think it's going to want to be like it's a bump. Remember, like I, I right. think, and this is not a and criticism she's of her. It. It's it's a Hollywood thing. Every every actress who has had to be slim for her job, um, and for her love scenes and all of that stuff. Whenever they end up getting pregnant, there is a real self consciousness about reminding people that it's a baby. It's a baby, and not yeah. just yeah. donuts. And I think <laughs> some of that we saw a little bit on the tour. I don't. I think obviously when you're pregnant, sometimes you just want to touch it like it's yeah. the first time most people have ever really been like check it out look at what my stomach's right. doing um <laughs> then you get sort of like you get self-conscious about it but I think also she she probably felt like her body was changing really fast even if we couldn't really tell mm-hmm. and so I think that some of the ways she dressed it was to sort of just be like I don't know she seemed very conscious of it in that way and so I think we're going to see that develop and I think we're going to see a lot of the shirt dresses with the the belts tied higher and higher and higher and who could blame her? One I mean, tiny bonus PS question to that. How much, because you guys know better than we do, when are we really going to see her in the next couple of months? Of course, we have, they're out a lot uh, this week because of uh, Armistice yeah, Day. And then yeah. we'll have the Christmas photo op and maybe a Christmas card even. But then from like January, February, how many sort of traditional events will there be? January is pretty quiet. So I think we're, my theory is I think we're going to see a lot of them in like the next two weeks because they've got all this stuff for Remembrance Day. They've got at least, she's going to be at least three things over Saturday, Sunday. Um, Charles's birthday is coming up on the 14th of November, I think. Um, So we might see something for that. Then obviously Christmas. We'll see them at the Christmas luncheon where they all drive in. We only ever see them in the car, like driving in to see the queen. So we'll get her from the waist up. Um, 
But the thing about them is, all of them, a lot of times they don't really announce what's on their schedule till like two weeks out. So it's very hard to anticipate. And I don't think there's anything, and I'm probably forgetting something enormous. Um, I don't think there's anything that's really a, a, like a customary thing where they would show up at in January, February. Yeah. Like June, for example, yeah. obviously it's like You're Royals out the wazoo because yeah. they're, they're like everywhere. <laughs> um, and the beginning, like this, the dead of winter is not as like a, yeah. Hot royal time. No. Um, she'll be nesting is my guess. Yeah, so but we'll we, definitely see a lot of them in the next over, like between now and the beginning of December. And okay. we think the due date is, have they're guessing April, maybe early May, right? Yes. Yeah, I think it's going to be the exact same timeline as Kate's, as, as Prince Louis from last year. Yeah, yeah. So, so I wonder if we'll see. I feel like we'll <laughs> no. see her somewhere in like the February, March region when she's like all bumped up. Totally. Uh, I think she's going to enjoy that. Everybody's going to enjoy that. And I think they know, honestly... Look, the royal family is smart. They know, they know what, what we want. want. They know <laughs> yeah. what people yes. want. Yes. And like, I mean, they knew, like, they just snuck out that picture of like Charles tickling Prince Louis. Yes. Little chin or whatever, like from the side. And I'm like, we wanted royal cheeks and we got royal cheeks. You guys, they know what we want. <laughs> they know how to give it to us without actually fully giving us the face. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they just yeah, are absolutely. really good at this. And so I don't think. She is not going to be a hermit until she delivers this baby. Like we're gonna, we're gonna yeah, see we're her. Gonna see her. Okay. Okay. Because, Phew. Because that's what the people want. Yeah. Okay. She and Harry are going to have stuff. Like I would not be surprised at all if she didn't come out after the first of the year, kind of being like. She also hasn't picked all of her new patronages yet, no, and I think okay. we're going to get a lot of that oh. announcement at the beginning of the year, end of the year. And my guess is it's going to be like, here's my new patronage, and I'm gonna. She'll be going out to like support whatever charity she decides to be patron of at the beginning of the year is my anticipation. So interesting. Okay, something to look forward to. This is fairly good news. I can't wait for all the capes. Okay. <laughs> I know. Let's like live for these capes, you guys. Just need a cape. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for being thank here. Thank you. Uh, we're so appreciative. So happy to have you back. Um, thank yes, you. And very much looking forward to the capes. Bye, guys. Thank you so much again to the Fug Girls for being here. I could have talked to them all day. It's tough. I just wish they were here all the time to give us opinions about fashion. They're welcome to. That's true. We'll expand the pod. (laughs) Um, But until that happens, let's discuss some highs and lows. It's time for the royal highs and lows. Um, So my high is seeing Prince Louis. Yeah, it would be a bigger high if we could see his face. But One day. <laughs> I'll try to be less creepy about that request. Um, my high is a funny little one. It's so random. But uh, Princess Beatrice went to an event. She went to a fundraiser in London for the Teenage Cancer Trust and Teen Cancer America. And she wore this like just gorgeous red velvet dress that I, well, I think, okay, I would just wear it. That's why I like it so much. (laughs) It's like a bit of a deep V and it's red. It just screams holiday and celebratory and has like funny scrunchable shoulders and sleeves. I just think she looks really great. And while she was there, she posed for a photo with Kate Moss. And the fact that in the photo with Kate Moss, your eye goes to Beatrice is the nicest compliment a human being can be given. Seriously. I mean, Kate Moss obviously looks great. She's freaking Kate Moss. But you look at Beatrice. You look at her dress. Her hair looks very nice. It's a great blowout. Makeup and, is perfect. Yeah. And I again, I love a deep V. So I just adore that dress. If I could bring it to... If I could get it for all my holiday party circuit that I will be hitting soon, that would be great. I mean, as you rent the runway. That's my high. <laughs> what about your low? My low is that the fuck girls aren't on the show every week because now you have me thinking about this world where we just chat with them all the time. And Sorry. It's like, that's not my reality. I so. just need them to help me process fashion. Um, my low is... Is a bit of a bummer. Oh, it's not a bummer. Okay, so 
As we've discussed, the Queen and Meghan Markle seem to be getting along like BFFs. I'm sure they're texting nonstop and sending each other bitmojis and just loving each other. But this Prince Charles book keeps bringing out all this like sort of drama and gossip, which I don't love. And I do think it's coming from the palace or at least from Charles. And that bothers me. So one of the stories that was circulating this week, and I love Vanity Fair because this was their headline. Now we're supposed to believe the Queen and Meghan Markle fought over a tiara. Thank you, Vanity Fair. That's a perfect head. That's a great headline. I wish I wrote that. (laughs) Jealous. Um, So this was reported in the Daily Mail. Uh, Robert Jobson, the one who's writing the Prince Charles biography, gave a story where basically that everybody was super annoyed with Meghan being really dramatic about her wedding plan, like being a bridezilla, which I do not believe. I don't believe either. And so it, they were, and the Sun also reported that the Queen was not thrilled with Meghan's initial choice of a tiara, that she wanted one with emeralds. And the Queen said to her, said to Harry, Meghan gets what tiara she's given by me, which is actually just kind of badass. So I don't hate that part. <laughs> um, but that at what Harry told the staff what Meghan wants Meghan gets and then the Queen scolded Harry for his quote tiresome behavior and put him in his place now it's I just don't I hate all of this so I don't believe it because why wasn't Meghan allowed to wear an emerald but then Eugenie was allowed to because yeah Meghan's not marrying the heir it's just like it's gossip and the fact that it's coming from the Jobson book I hate so that's my low I mean I love tiara talk and we love drama that doesn't affect us personally yeah so it's it's conflicting feelings that I feel but if you're going to go after the relationship between Elizabeth and Meghan Markle I'm in the middle come through me okay because I hate that gossip so that's my that's my low but whatever it's still kind of like a silly little fun thing so I'll let it happen um so you guys can drop us an email, info at gallerypodcast.com to weigh in on Tiara Gate and ask <laughs> us any and all questions about the Royals. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Here is a real review from Ms. Tish 22 Would you like to read this? Sure. They write, I tune in to listen to new episodes every week. I enjoy the show because of the subject matter, of course, but the way the show moves and the consistency of the style, like the cocktail at the start in real history and how it ends with highs and lows, but mostly because of the positive and genuine rooting, sorry, rooting, rooting for the Royals. It's all good. It is all good. That's also how I feel when I mispronounce things. Oh, I was told that I mispronounced the wedding photographer's name last week, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> at least you know. Yeah. Uh, and we're working on it. Follow this show on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. You can follow me, Caitlin, at HeyKMenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z, on Twitter and Instagram and read my rating at CaitlinMenza.com. You can follow me, Lisa, at Lisa Raya on Twitter and Instagram and read my rating at The Cut. And you can, of course, read the Fug Girls at GoFugYourself.com, where they are, you know, every single, even though they're on the West Coast, every single royal outfit, no matter what time of day, London, Australia, New Zealand, they are up and they are very quick. I'm concerned about their sleeping. I am concerned about their sleeping, but I am very appreciative of it. So thank you again to the Fug Girls. Thanks. Um, And until next week, God save the pod. Can we really have them on every show? (laughs) Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.